1: Hello and welcome into the So Rare Andrews podcast brought to you by Rotowire. I am Andrew Laird, Senior Soccer Editor of Roto-Wire, Joined as always by Andy Black this week to talk about uh progression, which is funny. We thought we should push this off for a few weeks before the new reward structure came out. And then the uh AMA happened today, and the word progression happened came up like a hundred times. So we're just going for it. Uh <laughs> What do you think of the AMA, at least, Danny, before we specifically talk about progression? I don't know. There
2: was a lot of stuff in there, and I I still don't feel like I've completely, like, comprehended all of it. Mm-hmm. The, I think the big area that people were, were are still a little bit, like, curious about is that whole academy uh, progression system where, of course, there's going to be questions until they give the exact specifics of exactly how yeah. it will work. So, uh, yeah, I think that people are just really – Kind of curious. I think overall they addressed every um worrisome question that people have. Like I, I, I saw a lot of questions on there about the ecosystem and scaling and just concerns. And I think that they did a good job of just explaining themselves. And that transparency, I think, is pretty big.
1: I'm I was frankly like amazed at the transparency. Like we just not that I come from other I mean, I have never played on a site like this anyway. And But like no. from the DFS sites, like the transparency is nothing, like literally nothing. Uh, they try to make it seem like there's some, but there's just so little. And so to have this it, like very clearly, like this is our plan. This is how we're going to implement it. And even admitting like we're not quite sure what we're doing with this part yet, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. The the honesty at least sounds positive. Agreed. Like, the admissions that,
2: yeah, like, that the, uh, the certain things are broken or bad. Like, they they came out and said that, yes, we hate the way that our K-League K and J-League deadlines yeah. work right now, or just the deadlines in general and how they affect K&J. And, J. and uh, just, you know, just hearing them say that, that we don't like it, like, is, I think, positive for the environment.
1: For sure. And it's obviously easy for us to be like, oh, fix this. And right. uh, it's at least nice to not only acknowledge it, but for them to be like, no, you're right. This is not ideal. And so we'll we'll figure out a solution for sure. So the, the topic that we were going to discuss was progression. And I think it changed the the conversation changes now that we have this AMA because we found out some stuff of what uh, specifically how they want, or they think that they want people to progress through their game. Um, But it didn't really answer like kind of the question that I, have always cons- like wondered with people who work at so rare or everybody else, uh, I've, I brought it up to you and I'll do it on this podcast. So more than uh, one person hears it, but like what do you think they consider progression in their game?
2: I don't know. Like yeah, <laughs> prog- progression. Uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what they, they, they're thinking. Um, I think that like if you look at division four, they the progression is kind of out, you know, outwards across different regions. So like if you're playing all-star division four, I think right now the progression that they want is you to play it all of the regions, like to mm-hmm. win a card from America, win a card from Europe, and just slowly build it outwards. And I, I think that the main reason I believe that is that there's no super rare prizes in four, So if there was, then it would be, okay, well, if you podium, then maybe you can get a, a low tier uh, or, or like a tier three or tier two super rare that can get you started into division three, but mm-hmm. they don't do that. So that's clearly not their intention.
1: <laughs> so we've talked previously about not using super rares in, in division three. Mm-hmm. And, um, We've seen it be successful. Um, yeah. We, I've seen some people try it, try to enter five rares in D three, global D three, and not even have a lineup in D four, which I think is really aggressive uh, because you don't have the the F, uh, safety net. Safety net, right? Yeah. Uh, obviously, the top prizes are are better in D three, so I get it. Um, so I agree with you that the right now. I think the progression, yeah, for D4 is out. Um, yeah. And certainly when, if you have, I'm assuming that most people start playing global all-star Division 4. Like they don't come in and specifically buy like just MLS cards and go play Champion America or whatever region it is. Like I think a vast majority of people play global. And yeah. that, based on the prize structure, you can get cards from anywhere uh, at that point. Like I I want a tier three uh champion asia card two weeks ago i think <clears throat> excuse me no <clears throat> champion asia players in my lineup and it's almost like not that it's selected but it's almost like it almost felt like that was like no no, no here's how you pro- progress we'll give you a champion asia card yeah and now you're like oh if i get a few of these then i'll go buy those cards like right <clears throat> i was thinking earlier like fundamentally progression in the game is buying more cards like that's all they want us to do that's that's how their business works like they just want us to get more cards and so if you if it's more uh champion asia and more challenger europe and more champion america cards like great just buy more cards right enter whatever you can because you can do that but this new announcement with with the academy um makes me think that, well, obviously you can still play more division four, but it's, I think it's stopping me, like me personally, the way that I've been playing so rare so far. Like I play division three when I have extra cards from a region. Like I, I don't enter, I don't enter D3 expecting anything. It's just like, I'd rather play them there than, than put them in training because if lightning strikes five times, then maybe I get something with those cards, and in special training I don't get anything. But this new academy, where if I enter those lineups, I can't enter the academy, and I'm much more likely to get something in the academy. Why should I play D three? You shouldn't. Yeah, <laughs> it's, I think that, like it's as simple as that, right? You shouldn't. <laughs> but does that stop me from progressing in so rare? Well, so I mean that.
2: Maybe but it's weird because like the the whole academy piece is progression. It's just progression to something different.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: Um and you know eventually you you stock up enough eth or whatever from that uh, that sort that progression you might build up a balance to start buying super rares and get into D3 and actually really want to compete there, but I think I think that they do have a, a bit of a bug here where it's like, okay, they, they've, they might've shot themselves in the foot a little bit, and maybe they needed a different type of academy for D3, or they need something else because right now that they are preventing people from wanting to go into that region. Like, of course I've already, I'm already going to compete in D3s and D2s because I have the cards to do it. But somebody new that is like just kind of teetering, they're right on the edge why would they like keep doing the academy and 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 getting your progression points there? Why would they even take that risk of going to D three?
1: I don't think they would. Like I, I think yeah. I I guess the the real answer is that the prizes are better in D three, and theoretically we're getting more of them um, at the end of May when the new prize structure comes out. Um, but. It just seems like, it almost seems like I would enter D3 to get cards to help me in the academy. Like, cause I'm not winning, most likely not winning super rares in D3, uh, unless I have super rares. Like I'm, I don't know if it's worth, like I'm wondering how many people play D3 now and actually stop playing. Like they, you know, they're not necessarily winning in D3, but if they're playing. And so now it's like, well, now, you know, it's fewer people that theoretically I have to beat in order to get a card in D3, but I'm still not getting a card that helps me progress even in D3, let alone somewhere else, you know, to possibly get to D2 one day. Like I I just, it does feel like they're making the progression. They're trying to make the progression wider, but they only have so many regions, (laughs)
2: Yeah, I think that they just need to not be done yet with what they are proposing and to kind of think a little bit harder and maybe find a way to not prevent people from wanting to progress into other uh, tougher divisions. I mean, right now that's that seems like a pretty bad bottleneck that they put in place there. And, you know, somebody did want to just play D4 in the academy forever, that's fine. But at some point you do want your, I would think that you would want your users to expand and come up in the divisions and, and compete at the tougher levels for better prizes.
1: I mean, it's obviously not really feasible to expect all of your users to want to play every tournament in every division. So, um, but that, but I agree. It just seems like they're, they're kind of capping I mean, they're not capping it. Everybody plays their own and there are plenty of people right now who like just play D4, global D4 for the threshold. And maybe they never buy anything else. Maybe they just say, I'm going to withdraw at some point and I'll use that money to buy groceries, you know, (laughs) like, or whatever you want to buy. A new lawnmower. Um, But like, it just seems like, my guess is most of that money stays in SoRare. And so if you're building your way up are you just building your way up to keep trying to win D4s? And if you get to that point, like where do you go after that? I guess that's when you give up, when you've just d- dominated D4, <laughs> as if that's possible? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. <laughs> if anybody is listening or watching and has an answer to that, we're very curious because yeah, I think bottleneck is, a, is the correct term that you yeah. uh, use. They have like- some more to
2: do, I think, still. Yeah. And I don't think it has. It, it needs to be like groundbreaking. They need to change everything. Just there needs to be maybe a a little tweak in there to to incentivize that that move to D three. Maybe yeah. it's another academy. Maybe it's a D three academy or something. I don't know.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah, I just it it felt weird as we were preparing to do a podcast about progression, and I was thinking selfishly of my the way that I have accumulated cards that regressing to the academy seems like the more beneficial path.
2: Yeah. The entire game is regression though. Like I, I was thinking about this earlier today. If you if you were starting to play the game and you had an unlimited budget and you could only buy five cards, what would you buy?
1: Five uniques.
2: Right. Well and and not just because the prizes are so good there, but the whole the whole progression in the game is reverse. You use five uniques to win star super rares. So <laughs> in D2, and then in D2, you win more super rares, but I mean, you can trade those to get the rares that you need to compete in D3. And now you have the super rares for D3 as well. And then you slow, like that doesn't mm. make any sense. And I, I I get why they do it partially because There's only so many super rare prizes that they can give, so they can't be throwing them out like candy and D4. Right, they'll run out. They'll just simply run out. Um, But it it makes very little sense to me, like that it works so backwards like that. Like if it were a little bit backwards, like maybe where D1 was super rare prizes or something. But the like the whole structure seems to be working its its way back.
1: But it's really a scarcity thing, right? Like that's why. Like you explained, yeah, yeah, you can't can't give away enough super rares. Except, I think they can give away more uniques, probably. Like, is there an expectation? Like, would would you have the expectation that every player should have a unique card? No, right? So, So, in that sense, sure, they can make as many as you, I mean, they can make as many individual yeah. uniques as you want but like i mean what are you what are you doing with your worthless unique card
2: <laughs> yeah i mean i i get it but they don't they don't award they award tier two uniques no and i'm i don't think that they should be awarding stars and tier one uniques like right. those should be sold and they should that's where they should make that's what i'm mean, right make your money <laughs> right out. But tier three uniques maybe and it might be a bad prize. You might want to back up goalie tier three unique that is never going to be worth anything ever. But um, I, I, there, that's kind of, that would be kind of a lottery where they could award those somewhere. I don't know. And I don't, I'm not suggesting to know where they should award those at. But I, I think most of those just won't get minted.
1: Yeah. I thought it was... Like, I actually chuckled reading the AMA when they said it was kind of the opposite of what we were just talking about, how they like award lesser cards based on what you're playing, that they were going to start awarding super rares in the special weekly. Because I consider that easily the worst thing to enter every week. Um, the Um And now it, you know, it depends on the week of how many people enter, but like being able to completely redo that, by the way. Oh, okay. Is, is my understanding. Like, I
2: think that they're going to make people want to compete there.
1: Well, it, it's less wanting to compete there than wanting to use my cards there as opposed to somewhere else. And right. and such a limited number of prizes makes it really tough for somebody that doesn't have a huge collection to even think consider it. I think they've got enough feedback
2: that that sucks. <laughs> I think that's, that there's going to be like a tier three party there. Like, right. like HG said, tier three party, and I think it's coming to the weekly. I think it obviously it's going everywhere, but I think the weekly like that's that there's been enough people just bringing that up that uh, they know. I hope.
1: So you think it's, it'll be meaning you play with tier threes. What no. do you mean awarding tier threes?
2: Yeah. And I think that, I think that, it, that the reward structure in tier, in the weekly will look more like other regions where they're oh, okay. rewarding you know 50 people
1: or um not just the top 10. Do you think I mean it's definitely going to happen. So let me change the question. Mm-hmm. How many game weeks into the new reward structure do people f- start to complain that they're winning too many absurd crappy cards, they would never crappy cards, yeah.
2: Oh, it'll be first week. Like first week, right? Boom, yeah. Or you know, maybe there they'll be like a little bit of like an acceptance, but, or like a they'll let it go the one week, and then the second week it's just more crap, and they're just going to be. I mean, is what it is. Like I think the last like five or six tier threes I've won have just been complete, complete crap, and I know that yours have been too. That's just it's just part of the deal. And if I really wanted to, I could go dump dump them on the market now, but. I got a, a couple of them. Like, There's there's some hope where they might be starters next year or something, And but mm. I'm, not, I'm not selling low right now.
1: That must be nice, having yeah. hope on a guy who might start next year. Um, yeah. yeah, I guess I just uh, I'm swayed a little bit by a number of Twitter conversations I've had today of people who have looked at declining card prices mm-hmm. uh, and and peg that to their the they gave us all too many cards. They auctioned so many of them and flooded the market and now I can't sell my cards at all. And awarding more cards is basically doing the same thing. Sure. We're getting them for free. Yeah. But I think the like I still can't sell my cards is going to be a problem. And so now those cards like the idea it was is supposed to be win more cards and progress Mm -hmm. in our game and now we're like winning more cards and i'm not using these cards except to possibly get a new header on my on my gallery or my club page Um, right and i can't sell them and and i'm not progressing other than just having more cards
2: i think i mean those tier threes are going to be worth very very little and i think that if you want to sell them you'll be able to sell them but they're just they're going to be worth very little like people should not go in expecting to win these tier threes and being able to flip them for 0.1 or whatever. Yeah. They're going to be whatever the floor, I don't know what the floor is going to be on pricing, but it's going to be low. Like I think it doesn't ever in the floor, five bucks that you can list something at five, $6, something like that.
1: I mean, it's already at, at three digits past the decimal. <laughs> so yeah, so like- it,
2: it those cards are going to be, and, and if, if, I think people are shoving too on the secondary market where they think that their crap doesn't stink and it does, but they haven't listed it unreasonable prices and that's why it's not selling. If you want something to
1: sell, keep lowering the price. It will eventually yeah. sell. I mean, there's a price Job there's the a price one. for somebody. Like I, I, I've told that to a few people today that like you don't need 50 people to buy your car. You literally just need one. Right, but just being the cheapest doesn't mean it's cheap enough for somebody to buy it, and so hundred percent, like that's just fundamentally like I think people have a very like they don't look at selling cards as if they're buying them, right. right? So like a very simple like, would you buy that card at that price? Like heavens no. Well, right. That's why nobody's buying your card at that price.
2: Yeah, and I I think that that's a really that's a really really good point. Like when I am selling something, I I I think that way. It's like. Would I buy it at that price? No. Then I need to lower the price. And once I get to that point where it's like questionable, that's when you at least you at least list it at that. If somebody buys it, great. If not, you're gonna just have to keep lowering it.
1: Right, right. Um, Talk about regression. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, ignoring the academy. And talking about progression from D4 to D3. Yeah. Do you think there's anything in the game right now that will do that, will allow you to, like, there's really nothing. You were saying, like, you Mm -hmm. you can't win a super rare in D4. You can win F to buy one. um, But, like, should there be something, should I be able to win one in D4? Like, I mean, of course the answer is yes. Like... (laughs) we yeah, want to I think be better cards. I think
2: yeah, I think that the, the, they should get rid of the like the first first place maybe and maybe you just give away one one super rare but maybe you do first place and that's like a tier 1 or tier 2 super rare something like that. I mean, you're going to have situations where people are going to be upset because the, the 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 if you give a star rare to second place or third place or something where that card could be better than the super rare but um I don't know. I think that there's I think that there's value in having at least some set set progression there for people to aim towards.
1: So, how would you recommend how I somebody who plays d4 most regions? How do I get to d3? You pay money. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's really the only answer. Because yes. I can't I can't win it. Well, I'm just saying like In in actuality, and I did like a video a while ago of like how to make money in so rare, and like the answer is like sell cards or win tournaments. And yeah,
2: so here's the really dumb answer: you put your best cards in D three and try to win the tier three super rare that goes to first place. Right. That's I mean that's always been kind of a joke to me that they throw that one in there, like tier tier three super rare. Like, sure, some sometimes it's good, but why the why why does that division need such a good prize? That's tier three super rare could, could be good, could be bad, probably bad, but they also get a star, a star prize. They also get uh, like that's like winning the lottery, you win that division.
1: Yeah. And, and then doing you're that
2: tier, me. I mean if your tier three super rare isn't complete crap, then wow you really hit Yahtzee.
1: Right. Yeah I think it just goes back to I can't remember if we had this conversation on the podcast last week or if it was off, but like, we need more tiers. And yeah. the fact that it was probably with HG, um, like having tier three literally be like everyone else after, you know, star tier one and tier two. Um, it just seems like there are either they need more tiers or they need to be very specific, who makes tier three. And, and then there's gotta be a gigantic pool of players. And I guess it just works against them because they're probably not selling them that much, but like a vast majority of cards on so rare are not, like shouldn't be, people don't get excited about winning them. And like, yeah. you should be excited about winning it. And I think if you go through the tier three list and you're like, never heard of this guy, never heard of this guy. <laughs> And you go to the transfer market and you see that they're selling for 0.003. Like, why is that? That shouldn't be a reward. Um, I don't even know where I was going with that. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I don't
2: don't disagree at all. There should be six tiers or five tiers. There needs to be more tiers where you can at least lump out the really, really crummy cards out of tier three and make tier three at least some kind of base level where the card is usable. And then your tier fours might be teetering on that edge of, you know, they're subs. They're not starters, but they um, sub into games and might, you know, do something. And then your last tier is just, okay,
0: these are DMP. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed.
2: And um, maybe it's because they're injured. Maybe they're on, you know, like maybe it's like Diego Costa where he's on a, on a team and I I don't. I actually don't know his situation, but he's not playing right now, and I imagine he's, he's kind of sitting out until next season or something. But like that would be a card that you might lump into one of those tiers where it's like, okay, forward the MPs, but there's some pro- like there could be promise next season.
1: Yeah, I guess that's that's fair. Um,
2: there, you're you're just 100 percent right on that. There has to be more tiers. Yeah, or there's gonna be more tiers like that.
1: marketplace breaks it all down so you don't have to listen to marketplace wherever you get your podcast so d3 um requires you to have at least three rares mm-hmm. and you i believe yeah think you should be required one super rare is that correct or two or two? Oh, okay Um, why? Consistency.
2: So, Division 1 requires you to have three uniques. Division 2 requires you to have four super rares. Division 3 allows you to have up to two super rares. And I think that the actual requirement there is three rares. But, come on. Like, you already have rares. Like, that's not... They're not... I don't know. It just seems inconsistent and
1: silly. There we go. Um, but do you think, so I think two super rares makes it, I mean, obviously every, every super rare you require requires a bigger budget to go to get, Um, which doesn't, I mean, that doesn't make it a bad thing at all. It just makes, it's just a little harder to get it. Um, do you think they, if they require two super rares in D three, that the current prizes are acceptable for that?
2: Um, I think that I think that the prizes in Division three, regardless, need to be looked at and maybe not be so strong at the top. Like all the divisions, I think are a little overly top heavy, but I think Division three is really bad in that regard. Um, I think. I think also like if you require super rares, like require two, then it gives a little bit more utility to the crummier tiered super rares. So tier three super rare might actually have a little bit of value now because it might get you into a um, a tournament that you weren't able to play before. So uh, yeah, you you might be willing to to spend a little bit more on a average uh average type of super rare player just to get you into that tournament.
1: No. Right. Right. Cuz I guess cuz right now you would rather a star rare than a tier 2 or 3 super rare. 100%. Like
2: Right. Like, <laughs> a tier 3 super rare like why there's no point really. Like just get a be- better rare and then play it.
1: Right. It's like the poor unique card question. Yeah. 100%. What do you do with that? Yeah. Um so do you think that tier so you if i remember this correctly so you want super rares to be required in D3 and you want D2 to only be super rares like no uniques right?
2: Yeah, i don't like uniques in D2 and i don't i, I think that the only people that there's very few people that like the uniques in D2. <laughs>
1: We're going there, Andy.
2: Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's a very small subset of users that like that.
1: That not only have enough cards for D1, which requires three unique, Or does it require three uniques? Yeah. How about this? What, what would it be like if
2: all the divisions were like Division 3, where you can have up to two super rares? or division two up to five super rares or division one up to however many uniques. So if I wanted to lug in five rares into D one and try to beat the guys with all the uniques, should I be able to do that?
1: Huh? That's fun. Um, (laughs) Like shoot your shot, right? Right, right. Uh, Yes. I think you absolutely should be able to do that. Yeah. Um, I think it would increase the number of people who enter, but they're all obviously all dead lineups. Yeah. And does that fix progression a little bit? Because you're just allowed to enter whatever you want.
2: Yeah. I don't have to have, I don't have to meet any requirements. Like I'm probably not going to win. I'm probably not going to do good if I like play five rares there. I don't, and I haven't really looked at the what wins in those divisions, but I'm not thinking that a score that five rares put up can, can win one of those, especially when a lot more people are going to start doing that. You'll see a lot of five super rare probably lineups in D1. Yeah,
1: I think that's where you'll see the biggest difference. Um, yeah. Because, I mean, we see five rares in D3 now, and sometimes they hit. I think that River Plate one was a few weeks ago. That yeah. was five rares. Um, I mean, it's uh, it doesn't happen often. I was going to call it a rare occurrence, but that's just going to get confusing. Um, given how how tough it is to win D three with five rares, yeah. doing it in D two and D one seems worthless. But yeah, I totally agree. I think you should absolutely be able to play five rares. Excuse me, five super rares in D one. Or five rares, right?
2: Well, yeah, <laughs> yes. <laughs> like that might be a stupid thing to do, but let's say it's a midweek where but, yeah. only like six teams are playing. There's not going to be a ton of uniques out there. There's not going to be a ton of super rares out there. Hey, shoot your shot with the five rares, and maybe you can get fifth place or something. Like, I, I think that the the a, a lot of the anger towards the guys that play D one is because it, it's like an exclusive club where they're allowed to do it and you're not, you're not allowed to even try because you didn't spend whatever to get there. So maybe if you opened it up and said, Hey, you can try, you can try to beat them with your five rares or your three rares and two super rares, probably not going to win, but good
1: luck. Do you think if they did do that, um, that star super rares end up in D1, which then theoretically makes D2 and D3 not so much easier to win, but, but I guess that gives more utility to tier three super rares, right? Because if people are using their star super rares in D1, then they're not using those in D2 or D3. I don't think people would probably do that. I don't think people would
2: waste those top cards there. Could be completely wrong. Um, I think it. I think that this discussion flips the game on its head enough to where there's not really much predicting uh, outcomes. Before you got to so rare, that's how the game worked. Instead of percentage bonuses on these cards, they were multipliers. So it was like a rare started at seven point two x. So whatever your score was, it would multiply the score by that. And there were power caps on divisions, except for D1, where you could you you could put unlimited power into into the lineups. But uh D1, you could play five rares, but your rares had like a multiplier of like seven to eleven X, while the uniques could go up to like 60 to like hundred x or something. So like like you weren't like even a bad unique that scored like a very low score was beating a good rare, like a right. really good rare score. Um, so I, I think if they did that, they would probably have to modify the bonuses a little bit to where there was a little bit bigger gap, maybe between like a rare, a super rare, and a unique to where it really decent, decentivized people from trying to win D1 with rares. But um, I don't know. I just, I, I feel like kind of re- removing... Either removing or just being consistent across the board with the way the division entry structures work, I think would be a net positive.
1: I love the idea. Um I'm I'm surprised that you think that the XP bonuses aren't big enough though. Um but maybe because I don't have any tier three super rares that get outscored by tier, you know, star rares or whatever. Right. It is. Yeah, it's
2: extremely um, frustrating when trying to make a lineup. And I have a lot of bad super rares. Like that was kind of like that was my way of getting into the super rare. It was a mistake. Like I should have like just saved my money and bought better ones or um or sold the bad ones when I won them and, and got tried to get the good ones or whatever. But um it is frustrating when you're making a lineup and you're like, oh, I really want to use this Louise Diaz super rare. <laughs> but I know that this rare over here is just better and it's going to score more. Like, it's frustrating.
1: Well, you just make the best lineup. That's all you have.
2: You do. Yeah.
1: Yeah. But it's not like you're, the rare is going unused. It's just going used somewhere else.
2: Yeah. Or it'll go unused because I'll choose to use the, I don't know, that super rare instead. Like, it, the super rare will probably go unused if I don't use it because there's not that many places to, to use it.
1: Well the super rare would, yeah. But the yeah. but the rare one, theoretically, if you think the rare card is good enough for D three, you should probably and you can't and you decide to play yeah, the sir. super rare. Yeah. yeah. Um so uh do you think do you think that there should be I mean do you think everybody should try to like a long term goal of playing D one? No. So where should where do you think most people should realistically stop?
2: I'm not answering that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that was a crappy question. Um,
2: yeah, I think I think that's up to yes. up to the risk tolerance of the person that wants to play. I mean, kind of the way I think about um, so rare is it's kind of a game of like blackjack where you you either increase your bet as you continue to win or as you continue to play or you decrease your bet or you put, put the same bet out there. And I think as you go up in divisions to like division three, division two, division one, that's like you increasing your bet as you play. Like I'm going to bet more because you're playing
1: fantastic higher stakes,
2: right? D two is higher stakes than D four. Right. So you're increasing your bet basically. So whatever your risk tolerance is, if you're willing to play higher stakes, then yeah, go to D two or go to D one. Um, if you have the the money and the risk tolerance, then you should go to those those higher higher divisions. But right. if you just kind of you just want to play fantasy football and don't want to really get into high stakes, then D four Academy Division three that's probably your
1: sweet spot. I think that's the perfect analogy and advice. I think you answered the question without actually thinking you were answering it nice um so like the the idea of um progressing out um mm-hmm. do you think that do you think there's a reason for them to award non non same cards in a division so like do you think there's there's a reason for them to award a Champion America card if you win something in Challenger Europe.
2: No, I think it's I think that's set up perfectly because okay. the most users like start in All Star D four, and that's very indicative of the stats that you've been showing. Where um, we have like what is it, sixty five hundred entries, and there you go. Yeah, where you just look at the entries, people are starting by playing in Global All Star. And uh, they can win any card in any region in that division. So that's that's Soler's way of baiting you into the other divisions. So you win an Asian, you win a uh, you win a Europe European player, and you win whatever. That's their way of saying like, hey, you have a card in Champion America. Maybe you should build a team there. Yeah. So that's great, <clears throat> but there should also be some control by the end user to say, you know what, I don't care about. The Asians, I don't care about Challenger Europe. I don't care about Champion America. I only want to win Champion Europe players. I only care about EPL, the big leagues. I only care about the big five. So that's fine. Maybe you don't want to watch all the other crap, and you just want to watch the big five. You go play Champion Champion Europe. You buy the five best cards that you can buy or whatever. You acquire them. You go play in that division. You root for your players. And the only ones that you can possibly win are in that champion euro. That's great. I think that's a great setup.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think it it kind of plays into the whole uh, concept of that. There's not a single way to play so rare. Um, yeah. Like that, and that doesn't even count. Like people who don't even play So Five. Like plenty of people who just, just trade curbulers,
2: cards, Yeah. basically.
1: Yeah. Um, and there we've seen people come in and just buy cards as collectibles and hold them for, well, they're still holding them. So <laughs> yeah. they haven't sold yet, but like, um, yeah, I think that's one of the the nice features about it is that just like you said, like if you only like MLS, you can play champion America, maybe get a Liga MX card and you can sell it for, you know, and then pick up a Wando on the secondary. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that's a, that's a good point. Um, so it does. Sorry, are you saying them? No, nope. Oh, it, it does seem like uh, And apologies to those who are listening on this, but there's a kind of a chart that I put up on the video that I tweeted out um, of just the number of entries that are in each uh, division and level and uh, excuse me, division and region. Like we're seeing growth everywhere, and which isn't surprising because we see that the charts on so data that show, you know, a number of people have five cards and whatnot. Um, do you think that the, the growth, conti- like, people are saying, like, it's such a small group of people who play D1. Yeah. But, like, we see it's growing. Uh, and it's like, you don't, people are like, yeah, well, it's only, like, six people that, you know, of an increase. And it's like, well, it's, you know, that's triple that what was, what what is uh, six months ago. Um, yeah. Do you think that we continue to see that growth at that level, or do you think we run out of uniques?
2: What do you mean? I run out of uniques?
1: It doesn't players. Uh, No, I actually meant cards. But but I guess it's both ways of players. Like based on how we've seen uniques being purchased, uh, there are only so many people who will have enough to play D one. Yeah. And do you think? not that Sora is ever going to prohibit somebody from buying more unique cards. Yeah. But how does Sora get more people to play D1 if, and and like forget about cost, like even if yeah. there are enough people who can afford all these cards, uh, is it, is there a reason for them to want more people to play D1? Hmm. I haven't really
2: thought about that. That's, <laughs> a, that's a good question. Um, I think yes, because inevitably you're gonna have injuries you're gonna have a reason to need to buy a card and the unique cards are the most expensive cards right. so yeah they want as many people playing b one as possible I think um that said like you kind of mentioned running out of unique cards I don't think that we're anywhere near that anywhere near close to that because they don't really reward them they they reward the tier twos they sell the tier ones and stars there's tier three unique players that just will never get minted. And and maybe that is a good way to, uh, as mentioned, I kind of mentioned before, maybe that's a good way to start getting people, pushing people towards it is maybe um, starting to reward some of those.
1: Yeah, I guess you're right. There are too many players in this, just in the game, too many actual football players in the game that they're, if they wanted to mint a unique of all of them, that that's more than enough.
2: Yeah, there's tons. Um, there's there's tons of tons of players on the platform that just never get never have gotten a unique. And may never.
1: Right, right, right. I mean most people don't even get a hundred rares.
2: <laughs> yeah. Now I think I think that there is a lot of factors that uh are preventing growth in division one. And I don't I don't really have a strong opinion on whether they're good things or bad things. But um you know, there's a lot of a lot of things like the, the D1 players do to prevent people from coming in and, and, and playing. And there's obvious incentive for them to prevent people from coming in and playing D1. Um, like look at uh, champion Asia last week, only 19 players played um, five of them get rewards. So what is that? What 25% of them are winning a prize. So the more people that come in, obviously that percentage drops. Right. So, what do you think they might? What do you think a unique holder, a D1 player, might do to um, keep that number low? Yeah. Buy more uniques. Buy more uniques. Bid on more uniques. Drive the price up of uniques so that other people don't want don't want to bid on them, are fearful to bid on them, um, or just make them make give them pain. You know, mm-hmm. like you see somebody coming in, obviously wanting to compete in uh, Asia D1. You make it painful for them. You pump the price of every card they bid on. You just keep sticking it to them, and even if they win the card, they're they're paying a lot of money for that card. And the next card they buy may not be as good because because yeah, you stuck it to them. And I think that I think that there's a lot of price. I, I call that price protection, price gouging. I don't think it's I don't think that it's like a um, a bad thing. Like I got. Like, or like a nefarious thing, it's part of the game, which is kind of like it. That sounds sounds bad, but I do feel like that that's part. Of, there's there's no way of pre- preventing that. That's part of the way this game is played. It's an open market where you can bid on stuff
1: like that. Like, I don't think you want to prevent it. Yeah, I think it's perfectly fine, and I'm. I think that there are probably people listening to this who think it's outrageous. Yeah, um, And I think that there's a decent percentage of those people who have bought cards, rare cards on so rare and have bid on the same player after they bought it to make sure that that price goes up. Um, yeah. So this is the same thing. It's just with a few extra more, a few extra digits. on the- Now I've
2: done this with multiple cards rare cards where I'll buy the rare card and then I'm like, all right, well, um, I bought them for 0.1. Let's say I'll bid 0.09 on the next one and say, okay, if I get it for 0.09, then it, it, it's like dollar cost averaging. Mm -hmm. Now, now I own them both for 0.095. And if I wanted to do the next one, I could keep bringing that down and it DCA's me down a little bit and, and brings the average cost down. Um, I think that that's a bit of a strategy, but then I might end up with multiples, right? I might end up with three of the same player or uh, extra, extra rares that I guess then I could sell or whatever. But I think that same sort of thing, not the exact same thing because there's only one of each player, but I think that same thing happens with uniques where people bid on them to do some price protection on similar players,
0: mm-hmm.
2: and then they get stuck with cards. So now they have too many uniques, or they have more uniques than they might have needed.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: But I luckily, think luckily, thank goodness, we have a unique-only division where extra cards can go. <laughs> <laughs> thank
1: goodness for that.
2: I um, mean, that... That is very self-explanatory, I think, on what happened there.
1: I think uh, that was handled – I mean, not that there was, like, an incident, but I think the fact that that tournament pays out one spot makes me feel okay about it. Yeah. Um, It's worth, like, $10,000 now, which made me question (laughs) me thinking that, but – Either way, um, it did seem just like a second global all-star D1 opportunity, but whatever. Um. You know,
2: I think in all fairness, there should be something similar for um, maybe maybe all um, scarcities. Maybe there should be an all super rare jackpot uh, division and like an all rare jackpot division where... Just place first pit place or something, and if you want to throw the cards in there, you can. Um, yeah, that would be fun.
1: Yeah, I'd never enter, but yeah, that'd be.
2: <laughs> I mean, you're gonna enter it. You're just. Um, you might, it might be a punt. Like it might be right. five, five, like a not a very good lineup, but. Um, like if you have the the cards, then you're just gonna put them in there.
1: Right, if they were going into training, or they could win an F then yes, I guess I would, yeah. you're right. I would definitely throw that in. I, did, I, th- I think that
2: more than anything, um, and I've mentioned this multiple times, I don't really like the inconsistencies across like where, where like one division has a different rule, like division three is up to not required. And I don't like that. There's just a global unique division and not a global super rare division or global rare division, like, Let's try to be, let's try to keep it uh, fair across the board.
1: It does seem weird, like fundamentally that I could put the exact same lineup in D4 and D3. Yeah. Like, obviously I would need duplicates. If I started to uh, price protect and my five cards, I ended up with (laughs) with doubles of all of them. Yeah. I could play both of them. I could win D4 and D3 on the same time, the same cards. Um, That does seem a little weird. I agree with you on that one. Um my notes have run out. Do you have anything else on progression? Do we skip anything? Uh
2: I think that's it. I'm I think I'm done whale bashing.
1: <laughs> I don't think it's I, I think I don't think that was whale bashing.
2: I know. I'm just I like to I like to I like to joke about it because I'm I'm friends with some of the guys that have the really massive collections and yeah um, they take a lot of heat and Honestly, they're good for the ecosystem. Um yeah. I, I don't even know why I say honestly. They are definitely good for the ecosystem. And yeah, you need those top players. Uh, but you know, sometimes sometimes you gotta uh I don't know, just be honest and and, and kind of look at the uh appearance of it all. Like them them getting a special division for their cards and nobody else is I don't know. Doesn't seem right.
1: It's a benefit for spending $800 two years ago. That's all. There you go. (laughs) All right. If you guys uh, have uh, enjoyed this video, if you're watching on YouTube, if you could please hit the like button below. If you are listening to the audio version of the podcast, if you could please rate and review it uh, wherever you listen. Uh, Once again, this was brought to you by Rotowire. If anybody is interested in a Rotowire subscription, because we are a subscription fantasy sports site, you can go to rotowire.com slash soccer trial. Sorry, we call it soccer. Um, gets you 10 free days to the site, access to all the sports we cover, um, as well as our subscriber Discord. Uh, for those who are playing Champion America, we go very deep on the MLS and League MX stats. So if you're a stats junkie, uh, you should definitely check out that subscription. Andy, good talk again, and I will talk to you next week. See you later.
2: Thank you for listening to the Rotowire Fantasy Soccer Podcast.